icing my back constantly, the laptop oddly positioned on my knees, Welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, parenting, parenthood, and marriage. Uh, I'm Morgan Baden. With me is my co-host and my husband, Barry Liga. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. Good. So I, I mentioned in the intro there, parenting slash parenthood. Um, w- one of those is a verb. One of them is a noun. <laughs> but we, we, we do cover a lot of parenthood issues, of course, in the podcast. But there's one thing that we haven't talked about yet. And that there is, is that is the danger of parenthood, ah. such as throwing out your back. <laughs> yeah, suddenly you care about this. I do. Yeah. When it happened to me, <laughs> it was nothing worth talking about. Yeah, but you didn't throw out your back through parenthood, did you? Yes, I did. How'd you do it? It was well. the The basic story here is that I had hernia surgery. Because I'm a parent. Okay. <laughs> and while I was recuperating from the surgery, due to the pain in the in the surgical area, right. I overcompensated with the other side while I was picking up our kids and threw out my back on that side. That's true. I guess yeah. I was thinking we can't really trace your hernia specifically to being a parent to like, you know, a, right. there's not a specific right. incident, incident right. that you know of. Right. That's true. It was over time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for me, um, last Monday... We were leaving the house in the morning. You typically drive me to the train station, and then you drop off the kids yep. to daycare. We're all. Oh, house. am I supposed to be taking them to daycare? <laughs> Not the I bar. Just, I just daycare. drop them off at a bar <laughs> and leave them there. Park down the street and wait for them to walk home. Yeah. Um, so I always put Leia in her car seat because Leia is a mama's girl. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that later. Um, I love it, FYI. But, <laughs> but um, so I, you always take Luke and I always take Leia. And, you know, she's she's three and a half almost. Yeah. Like, she's not a baby. And as I scooped her, most of the time she crawls into her car seat herself. Yeah. Sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she insists on being carried. Whatever. She's three. I picked her up. And, like, as I was picking her up, I could feel that I wasn't planted correctly. You know, like my feet weren't planted correctly. I could feel like this was not a comfortable position. And I also was not paying attention. There was someone walking down the street with a dog. I know like both she and I were looking at the dog. Also, we're always in a rush getting out the door in the morning. There's like a specific minute we need to leave by in order for me to make the train. And sometimes we don't hit it. And so all these things were happening where I knew it wasn't smart. And like I, I lifted her up and tried several times to get her over like the arm part of her car seat and all of a sudden something in my back popped like audibly yeah and uh anyway long story short listeners it's been a hell of a week uh i did not i went to the office that day crying fyi (laughs) made an emergency chiropractor appointment um right near my office and he was like oh you might have popped out a rib you might have done this you might have been done that let, you know, I'll adjust you now, and then um, if you're still feeling bad by Wednesday, we'll take some x-rays. Well, guys, I woke up Tuesday, and I was like, oh, I can't wait till Wednesday. And also, I can't go into the city for this appointment. So I stayed home every day this week, working from bed, a horizontal position, like icing my back constantly, a laptop oddly positioned on my knees. It was very uncomfortable. It's also a very busy work work week, so that was tough. Anyway, I'm finally feeling some relief, but all this is to say is that parenting is dangerous. 
Barry had to do all bedtime duties and all morning duties this week. So thank you for that. It's all good. <laughs> um, anyway, so, that, so that's been our week. How's your week? No, it, it's funny because I had just had a couple of pain-free days in a row yeah. from my, my problems. Um, and uh, when, when your thing happened, and I thought, God, it's a good thing. Uh-huh. It's a good thing I'm on the road to recovery because if both of us yeah. were not allowed to lift the kids, yeah. like, I don't know what we would do. Like, I don't either. We'd literally have to like get a temporary yes. live-in nanny or something. Yeah. You like, know? Do they sell au pairs for a week? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could like standing was actually the only comfortable position for me, and comfortable is still yeah. relative. It was not comfortable, but like I couldn't sit. It was t- anyway. It was yeah. terrible. You guys, be careful out there when you're lifting kids in car seats. Yep. Even now, I'm feeling a lot better. I still have some pain, but just this morning, the doctor was like, "I was like, can I lift up my kids finally?" And he was like. Yeah, but, you know, not from car seats. And I was like, okay, noted. Yeah. Car seats will kill you every time. Getting getting the kids in and out of the car seats and getting Luke in and out of his stroller. Those are the things yeah. that, you know, I had to keep doing while I was recuperating. And those were the things that kept re-injuring for yeah. me. Because those are very unnatural positions. Yeah. And you're holding this weight while you have right. to be bent over at right. a bad angle. At a specific angle. Yeah. And you have to hold your arms out in yep. front of you mm-hmm. as opposed to keeping your center of gravity getting yeah. closed. It, it, it's just a horrible thing. And it kept re-injuring and I kept having problems over and over. And it really wasn't until um, I, I think I really didn't start to improve dramatically until Christmas vacation when you were home mm. and also when we had family in town a lot yeah. to help out. Yeah. And as a result, I didn't have to be putting, putting him in and out, out of the car seat yeah. because somebody else could do it yeah. um, or in and out of the stroller because somebody else could do it. And as a result, I actually had, you know, three, four, five days in a row where I wasn't re-injuring over mm-hmm. and over and over again. My doctor at the checkup this morning actually said, you know what they should make car seats that like swivel out of the Seriously. car on oh like an God. arm and I was like sharks. shark tank <laughs> shark tank seriously sharks I throw out my back one yep, morning <laughs> yep. and then you start crying and you get a deal exactly which by the way harkens back to our very first episode we talked about people crying on shark tank in our very first episode I will put a link in the show that's notes that's funny that's funny anyway speaking of Leia being a mama's girl Luke is a daddy's boy yes he loves his daddy yes as he should <laughs> But last weekend, pre-back injury, I took him down to the beach for a ladies' weekend with my friends. Yes. And dropped Leia off with my parents. So she, mm-hmm. she had a nice weekend with her grandparents. You were here alone working because that's all you like do. like 15,000 uh-huh. words or something like that. But I got to spend some really nice one-on-one time with him. And I never get to do that. Right, because as soon as you start to do something with him, Leia decides that she needs you. Yeah. Even if she was just playing quietly by herself, perfectly happy and perfectly content, as soon as she sees you pick him up, mm-hmm. she she needs me. She needs you. Yeah. She's got to have you. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to paint an inaccurate picture here. Like she loves him, and he adores her. Yeah. So I don't think there's like a rivalry between them. It's just that like. Her automatic assumption is, like, no, mama needs to be free for me. Yep. At all times. Yep. If she's not with me, she can't be with anyone else. Exactly. (laughs) It's very, like, I don't know, basic instinct kind of. (laughs) No. It's very hand that rocks the cradle. I don't know. It's You're just getting all your movies mixed up. They were, what, the 80s? It's more like Fatal Attraction. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen Fatal Attraction. I won't be ignored. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I was just thinking about how it's so important to have that one-on-one -on -one time with yeah. each kid. Yep. And so it was really cool that I got to do that with him. Yeah. And I think we bonded a lot. Yeah. And he made a friend. That's true. My friend was there with her 15-month-old baby, and they were a hoot together. Um, Luke, since he has an older sister, would just, like, toddle on up to Hudson, who is an only child, and just take things from him. Right. <laughs> and Hudson would be like, what happened, Mom? Because <laughs> he's an only child. He <laughs> yeah, doesn't have this doesn't experience. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was very sweet. Yeah. Um, and I feel like lately... Leia has been very sweet with you as well. And she's been, you know, she still does this thing where it's like, you know, say goodnight to daddy. And she's like, no, and walks away. <laughs> um, but she has entirely unbidden lately. She will say, I love you, daddy. Uh, or walk up to or me. Or dad. Or, yeah, she suddenly started calling me dad. Um, <laughs> so I guess she's 15 now. Uh, she will walk up to me and just give me a hug for yeah. no particular reason, which is really nice. Um, and occasionally... Occasionally, if I say, can I give you a kiss? She will say yes. Occasionally. <laughs> she doesn't want to make you too comfortable. I know. I yeah. Know. All right. So let's move on from the parenting discussion here and talk about marriage. Marriage. Oh, no. I flipping hate that movie. You know I know. That. That's why I did it. Oh, my God. The second someone says that, I want to die. Just FYI, guys. I hate that movie. <laughs> the A Princess Bride, for those of you who... We've Don't talked know. about it on the show before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. In case anyone thinks that my hate has dissipated, it has not. <laughs> In case you've wondered if she's grown a heart at some point <laughs> or, or good taste, oh, neither please. of those things have happened. <laughs> anyway, I read this with a great interest and fully agree with it. An article in the New York Times called, For a Better Marriage, Act Like a Single Person. Did you get a chance to read it? I skimmed it. I I must have skipped over the part where it says have sex with whoever you want. <laughs> I guess I'm signing up for Tinder. I guess so. Yeah. You haven't already? Sorry, did I not make that clear? <laughs> um, anyway, I really liked this because uh, it, it ended up going where I thought it was going, which was the, the, the basis is um, for a better marriage, you should make sure that you, number one, have a, a solid social group right. and active interests before you get married and number two maintain those during your marriage right so they say specifically um you know quote marriage can provide a bounty of emotional practical and financial support but finding the right mate is no substitute for having friends and other interests indeed people who are successful as singles are especially likely to end up in happy marriages in large part because of the personal and social resources they developed before marrying so I feel like this is just further justification for me to continue taking these girls' trips that I take. <laughs> I didn't know you were looking for justification. <laughs> I'm not. I'm but not. <laughs> I'm glad you found it. No, but I think it's, I feel like everyone knows someone who, when they get married, just sort of retreats into their coupledom yeah. and falls off the face of the earth. Right. Um, and like, you do you, that's fine. But I, I don't see how that is successful. And it's got to be tough on a marriage. It, I think it's tough on a marriage if 100% of your social life is dependent on that marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think if 100% of anything, anything. I mean, you can't, you just can't look for complete satisfaction in any area from one person. Right. You know, um, it's no one person can offer that. Right. Too much pressure. Yeah. 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 It's unfair to that person. Yeah. Do you feel like you've maintained your social life? 
I mean, with a move to the Burbs, it's, I don't think with, you have. With a move to the Burbs, it's really tough. Yeah. It's really, really tough. I have met a couple of people here. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have all had, how shall I put this, dramatic 2017s that kept us from getting together as much as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, that's beginning to change now. Uh, now that my deadlines will soon be over, my my deadline hells from lingering from 2017, um, I plan to get back into the city on something of a regular basis to yeah. see friends and have lunch and do those sorts of things. Um, it, it, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And it's so funny because on paper, the train ride is not long. Yeah. But... When you factor in the time that I get home, mm-hmm. so like on the nights that you're going out into the city, yeah. If I'm coming home a regular time, you pick me up at the train station with the kids at six fifteen, yeah. And you get out of the driver's seat, and I get in, yeah. and I go home with the kids, and you hop on a train. But like, I know. Listen, we're it's seven thirty by the time I see anybody. Yes. Yeah, and. The fact that it's not the length of the train ride, yeah. it's the fact that they only run every hour. Right. So you have a choice. You know, it's like, okay, uh, it's getting close to the 9-11 train. Mm. Do I try to make that or am I sticking around for another hour? Right. And if I stick around for another hour till 10-11, that means that I'm not getting home until 11 o'clock and I have to be up. At, right. you know, whenever in the morning uh-huh. yeah. because the kids and blah, 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 blah. And so you're making these decisions. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, oh, gee, I missed this train, but I don't want to wait for the late one. So I guess I'm taking a car back home, which costs $80, right. you know, yeah. when, when all is said and done. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's difficult. And yeah. even getting into the city for, for lunches and that sort of thing. Like, I, yeah. I tell people, you know, look, like... You know, I have to pick up the kids at four o'clock yeah. at daycare, come hell or high water. So, you know, that means again, since the trains so I'm not are, having a two PM lunch. Right. Yeah. Since the trains, you know, since it takes forty minutes by train, and then on top of that, I have to account for getting to and from the train station and all that. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm not having a two o'clock lunch. Like I will have lunch at noon and if we could have it close to Penn Station, that would be great. <laughs> yep. And it and yeah. That's that, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's funny how like I've had a lot of random invitations come my way for um, after-hours things, and I really have to be strategic about them <laughs> because right. there's only a certain – it's going to sound terrible maybe, but there's like a caliber of relationship that I'm willing <laughs> to put in my calendar for an after-work thing. Right. And though it, they're very infrequent. So like I, we get these sort of random invites for things through work that – if I were single, I would go. If I were living in Brooklyn again, I would go. But no way am I going. You know, it's just, it's it's really interesting. I remember growing up once, my aunt, um, my aunt Lisa, who I adore, mentioned something about how, like, she falls asleep on her couch every night at night, you know, 9.45, 10 p.m. And I was like, I must have been in college at this point. And I was like, God, I'm, like, just getting geared up for the night at 9.30 <laughs> at night, you know? And now I'm like, oh, I think of that statement often because I'm like, God, like literally the sun sets. And I'm like, guys, I'm ready for bed. Right. <laughs> yeah. 10 p.m. is it. Anyway, it's important to have a social life. It is. I want. I do want you to have more of one. Yeah, no, I do too. You know, it's it, been, again, it, I know 2017 was it, a rough year. 2017 was a very rough year. And, and uh, it's funny because now that it's getting 
you know, my 2017, it goes until March 1st of 2018. Yes, yeah. Um, now that it's within sight, I've begun thinking about the blog post I'm going to write ah. about, about my year from hell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me too, the, the difficult thing for me, honestly, you know, you do this thing where, you know, you go to the beach with your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, you're doing a trip with your mother and your sisters mm-hmm. in a few weeks where you're going away for four days yeah. together, which sounds lovely. Um, I have trouble justifying doing something like that because I travel so much for my work. That's true. Yeah. You know, and which is kind of unfair in a way. Like every time you're going away, yeah, it's for work. Whereas no. almost every I, I don't travel for work right. often, so I when know. I'm going away, it's for fun. I mean, you know, I would like to take a weekend and go away and do something with my brother or with a couple friends or whatever, but. I'm like, well, you know, I'm already, I'm going away enough. Like, and it's enough yeah. of a burden on you and on the, the family members who, who help out while I'm gone that it feels unjustifiable to say, I know I just got back, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and let's face it, given what I do, I think most people would probably consider my work travel to be a vacation. Sure. It isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... You know, yeah. for most people, it probably would seem yeah. like it. So, um, I will say the one thing that you have going for you when it comes one thing to... I have going for no, me I was that's, say... is that I married you, right? No, no, no. <laughs> well, obvi. No, no, no. What I was going to say was um, because I don't do this, but yeah. you maintain a lot of your social life via good old fashioned phone calls, <laughs> and I don't. That is because I am an old. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. Well, and and but truthfully, it's because a lot of the people yeah. I have relationships with don't like social media, yep. don't like text. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one dear, dear, dear friend who I almost never see now, uh-huh. but we will find a time to have marathon, yeah. like three-hour phone conversations. Right. Um, which, you know, it's kind of funny because that I never thought about it till now, but that was what my father and my uncle did when I was growing oh, up. Funny. They never saw each other, yeah. but there would be... Every month or every couple of months, my dad would go into the bedroom and he'd be on the phone and I would know, oh, he's talking to Uncle Dave. Oh, funny. Don't bother him. He's going to be a long time. Huh. And he would, it would be a long, long, long time. Because they wouldn't do it frequently, right? Right. 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 Whereas and especially like, back then, you paid yeah. for long distance yeah, and yeah. my uncle traveled all over the place yeah. so who the hell knew where he was. Yeah. Whereas like, God, it really all comes back to family. It's so funny and how you grew up. Because like, my mom is a chatterbox, we all know. And talked to her mom and her sisters yeah. literally every single day. Right. Like her first phone calls yeah. were those people. And now it's very similar. Like I know my older sister calls her every morning. Yeah. I call her oh like she and I talk almost every day yeah. on the phone. Um so we don't need three hour long sessions. Right. Because we're kept catching up every day. Right. Anyway, but I think, like, kudos to you for actually using the phone. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I'm, like, the only person who uses their iPhone as a phone. You know, we had a friend in my group of friends. We had a friend move away, and one of our other friends said, like, the truth is I'm probably just not going to be friends with her anymore because yeah. I'm not good with long-distance friendships. Like, yeah. I have to see you yeah. regularly in order for you to be a close friend of mine. Um, despite all these technolo- technological advances, right. like I, I kind of agree. I think it's I personally find it really hard to be friends with someone that I don't see regularly. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm pretty good at at temporal and spatial distances, yeah. Yeah, you are. maintaining yeah. relationships. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because when I was a kid, my my paternal grandparents lived so far away. Mm. I only saw them like four times a year. Okay. Um, 
you know, so maybe I learned how to do that. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. And just to clarify, I do have dear friends who don't live nearby. <laughs> and also I never see anyone anymore anyway. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was interesting. All right, let's move over to writing. So January 2017, picture yeah. it. <laughs> Sicily, 1887. No, I'm kidding. Um, in January 2017, the New York Times announced that they were going to stop including graphic novel bestseller lists yes. in, their, in their collection. Yep. Um, they also did, let's see, mass market paperback, middle grade ebook, and YA ebook lists. Yeah. Um, but graphic novels was like a, a shock for everyone. Yeah. So it's been a little over a year now that there haven't been gra- a li- there has not been a list of best-selling graphic novel books each week in the New York Times. And um, graphic novels now are not selling well. And a lot of people are thinking it's because of that list. What are your thoughts on this? I, I miss the list. I mean, the, the comic book industry has always craved legitimacy and validation. And having a list of best-selling graphic novels in the yeah. New York Times certainly um, gave everybody in the industry warm fuzzies. Um, I think it's a shame. I mean, we, we talked before. We, we spent many episodes talking about the, the mysteries and the intricacies and the just plain strangeness of the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Um, and you could probably do an entire podcast probably. weekly, seriously, yeah, uh-huh. no, no lie. Just talking yeah, about the so list yep. and how weird it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is one of those things where I feel like, you know, they obviously were under no obligation to start such a list, mm-hmm. but I feel like once you start it, right. Like, keep why it would going. You, yeah. like, like if you don't want to put it in the print publication, sure. don't put it online, yeah. but it, you know, it really is, it's a valuable tool to have ripped out of your hands. Yeah. You know? And it's also, the timing was so strange because there has been such a, uh, graphic novels have risen in popularity Well, that's the so thing, much. too. Like, I could see if graphic novels as an industry or as a trend were on their way down. Right. But they're not. Right. And there's no sign that they are. And so I could see if, they, if, if the argument was, this particular art form is no longer relevant. You Ouch. know? Yeah. Like, I yeah, ouch. Yeah. But 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 if if that was the case, like if this was the the late '90s when comics were yeah you know suffering quite a bit, um, I could see that. But it's not the late '90s. Right. Um, if only it were. You if guys. only it were. Um, if only we were talking about Monica's dress <sighs> and not all this other nonsense. Um, but I yeah I, I I wish they would bring it back. Yeah. Um, you know I, I've never understood why they do the things they do it, it's a black box yeah no light escapes to give you any information do you like you personally barry do you yeah. get book suggestions from reading the list each week or whenever you read it I like know. do you read the list and think oh those four titles sound uh, I, good? Des- I decide what not to read based on <laughs> <laughs> okay, totally fair no I'm not no wrong. <laughs> no um I, i'm i'm joking um no i mean I, I, I should say I do this with adult fiction. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I don't do it with YA. Yeah. Um, I, I look at the YA in the middle grade lists and the picture. I mean, at this point, at this point, given what my 2017 was like, I have such a backlog of books to read mm-hmm. that I am not looking for new books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it will probably take me through probably right through summer and into fall to catch up. Yeah. Um, and at that point I'll start looking for some new things to read. But I never, I don't think I ever used the bestseller list. Mm. I will say that if I was in a bookstore, for example, browsing, and I saw a New York Times bestseller, 
it worked. Like it got really? me. It got me to give it another look. Okay. I'm not saying I bought it and read it, but it got me to give it another look. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I never look at the lists. Yeah. I mean, readers, uh, listeners, I'm curious if you guys take a look at any of the best selling yeah. lists. USA Today, whatever. Your local bookstores, top selling, top sellers of the week. Um, but do you do you actively seek out book suggestions from the bestseller lists? Right. Very curious about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. Um, you said something earlier tonight to me. I think it was right before we were like cooking dinner or something, or I should say heating up. I was going to say reheating dinner. Yes. Um, because that's what we do. But uh, you were t- you said something about like okay. So Monday, I'm not going to work. Tuesday, I'm not going to work. That means Wednesday, I'm doing this. Thursday, I'm doing this. Friday, I'm doing that. Saturday and Sunday, I'll do this. Monday, it's page proofs. Tuesday, it's copy edits. Wednesday, it's a final blah, blah, blah. Can you talk a little bit about your schedule? Because it's absolutely (laughs) insane right now. And like, is that all in your head? Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, it's all in my head. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I've got this book that is due. Well, two books that are due March 1st. Yes. Okay. Uh, one is further along than the other. So my plan is to finish my first draft of one of them tomorrow, being Sunday. Um, and then and then I need a little bit of time away from it before I can look at it to do fixes on it. Yeah. So that will be Monday and Tuesday. I will take those two days. Then I will read it on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is going to be a crazy busy day for us, so I probably won't get much done. So over the weekend, I will do the fixes, and on Monday, if all goes well, turn it in a few days early, <laughs> which then means that Monday and Tuesday, I can work on the other book that's due March 1st <laughs> and get that done, and then... Which on, it's, it's mostly it's done. Mostly done. Yeah, it's, it's mostly done. It's mostly done. Yeah, through, yeah. yeah. And then on Thursday, I need to do page proofs on a book that are due on that Friday. Okay. So, yes, all of that. And these are still two books that you can't talk about. Can't talk. I'm, Which is insane. I'm so annoyed that I can't talk about any of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Soon, you guys. Soon. Hopefully. Soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we mentioned in the last podcast episode that we would talk more about the hashtag Me Too in publishing movement if there was... If anything happened. Yeah. There was an interesting article about, you know, the Me Too moment and children's publishing. Right. I feel like people have already it's talked done, about that. Yeah. What's the point of talking about yeah. it? Uh, if something dramatic happens, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll jump in. Well, guys, stuff happened. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was a School Library Journal article where the comments sort of exploded and people started naming names yep. of authors and mostly authors right maybe an editor i think it was mostly authors the the whole thing began with a medium post by author ann ursu Mm -hmm. who had done a survey in december of uh children's publishing specifically looking for uh harassment looking for stories and she wrote a very long medium post um quoting at length from a lot of anonymous stories Mm -hmm. of uh of harassment and then what happened was that touched off this school library journal article discussing the issue, and a lot of people came into the comments and said, "Hey, I'm the person who told this story in that article. Um, 
And now I'm willing to name names and say who it was I was talking about. And I have to say the shelf life of that article was really fascinating to watch because I forget when it was posted, but it was several weeks ago. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, a week ago now. Very recently. That people started naming names in the comments. So it was like sort of nothing, nothing, nothing for two weeks. And then suddenly... The and active it, and, comments feel and at just... first at first I was like this is a weird place for this yes, to happen like yeah the, like I mean you, you know the first rule of the internet is don't read the comments right so, so yeah, it, it felt strange. weird that it happened in the comments but then I thought about it and I realized in the comments you can still remain anonymous yeah um you know it, it's a little more difficult you know to to post something somewhere else and and remain as anonymous as you can in a comment section um, so yeah people started naming names um, and there's been Significant fallout. There has been definite fallout from it. Um, People's agents have fired them. Yes. Two in particular, two authors. Uh, Jay Asher, 13 13 Reasons Why. And James Dashner. Yeah. Of many books. Maze Runner. Yeah. 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 Um, Jay Asher in particular was kicked out of SCBWI. Yes. Although, if you ask him, he says he he chose to leave, yeah, uh, and that he was in fact the one being harassed, not right. doing the harassing. There's, it's ever like every sort of stereotype you want to throw about this kind of conversation has been happening, has been play, playing out in right. in real time, which is fascinating. Um, but it's messy. It it is messy, and it's it's one of those things where, you know. Uh, somebody, for example, accused in, in this comment thread accused Dan Wells um, of of being a harasser, and then came back later and said, "I just made that up." <laughs> um, and Dan wrote a really interesting blog post um, in which he says, "You know, I I heard that I was accused, and my first reaction was to believe it, yeah. even though I knew I hadn't done anything." His reaction was, I guess I did something without realizing it. Yeah. And then, of course, the person retracted. Um, but he, he wrote this piece about, you know, he, he wasn't angry at all. And he said, this is an opportunity for me to talk about, you know, men. It's possible we're doing things that we don't even know yeah. that we're doing, you of know. Course. And that's certainly something I think about sure. a lot, yeah. um, you know. And um, Rick Riordan had a really great blog Rick post. Rick Riordan had a good yeah. blog post about it. Um, you know, it, it, it is one of those things where, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, oh, this means like you can't be friendly with people anymore because something might be misinterpreted. And I would say, no, it just means think about how you express your friendliness because this is a time of transition mm-hmm. and a time of change. And in those times, you know, Things can be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. And why would you want that to happen? You know, what, well, why, why, why think... would you want to act in a way that could make somebody uncomfortable? You know, I, I wrote a blog post a few years ago after a um, there was an incident with uh, DFTBA Records where there was a, a guy who worked there who had been in a relationship with a, a teenager. And I wrote a blog post about how when I do events, mm-hmm. I do not hug kids. Right. You know, kids come up to me, they want to give me a hug, and I'm like, nah, I'm not going to give you a hug. Yeah. You know? Um, and I got some blowback on that. Really? Yeah, I got some blowback on that. But I feel real comfortable about that decision. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I would rather be known as the guy who doesn't hug kids than the guy who hugs them a little too much. Right, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to go the Mike Pence route, you know? Well, I, I would hope you're not of, saying that. Of, you know, 
don't ever be alone with a with a woman or anything like that but just think about the way what you're doing may be interpreted you know well i would also i'm gonna take it a, a different way than you are sure and you're not wrong but you are a man saying those things. And okay. so it's all about like, make sure what you're doing isn't misinterpreted. Yeah. I'm coming more of a like, mm, I think if you really think about it hard enough and are really honest with yourself, you would actually agree that you probably have a motive for doing those things that you're doing. Not mm. you personally. Right. I mean, like when someone's like, I can't even hug fans anymore. I can't hug the ladies anymore because it's misinterpreted, but I'm just being friendly. No, I think if you're really honest with yourself, you're not being friendly. You're trying to cop a feel. Like, let's let's be honest, huh. you know. So, so I'm gonna come at it from a slightly different angle there. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've hugged plenty of women. And yeah, I I'm not talking about you. To cop a feel. No, but, but I'm I talking am talking about, about me. Right, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking about you. You seemed to be giving a blanket um, hall pass to the men generally. Yeah. Who are worried about? you know, giving off a misinterpretation or whatever. Mm. And I think that most of the men, again, also blanket generalization here, um, don't need that hall pass. They know exactly what they're doing. Huh? Yeah. Listen, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. I don't know what to tell you. Like, obviously you and I are going to come at this from two different places. So, well, of course. Yeah. That's why these conversations are so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll include a link in the show notes. To but, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of it. I There's mean, a lot, yeah. and it's ongoing, and obviously it should be ongoing, yeah. and I'm sure there will be lots more to discuss. Yeah. And it is funny, though, because, you know, last episode... You know, we sort we were of like, we were like, well, you done. know, there's there's really nothing going on there. So, but if it happens again, well, and it was literally like three days later, we were like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> there is a lot. So more there you go. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot going on. Um, you know, there there's not a lot to say about the specifics of it because we're not involved in any right, of it. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I, I I will say I'm very pleased at what has happened. Uh, in terms of the the fallout oh, yeah. of the conversation that happened, um, agents were quick to take action. Uh, yep. Publishers were quick to take action. SCBWI revamped uh, its harassment policy. Yeah, SCBWI did not was not quick to take action. It, well, you know, after this happened, yeah, they yeah, were. Sure. Um, but um, you know, I think too, in terms of ramifications and everything, just throwing this out there, I mentioned this to you the other day. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what contracts start to look like. Right, yeah. Because, Will this change a contract? Because this is big money. Yep. Um, and I think in particular of, you know, Kevin Spacey got in some trouble, and the next thing you know, House of Cards is gone. Right. That's a profit center for Netflix. Right. And, you know, they've got to be thinking, how do we shield ourselves from this? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you know, the best way for them to shield themselves, you know, what happens in these cases is it's not that people are like, I'm not going to watch House of Cards anymore because Kevin Spacey turns my stomach. It's it's I don't want him to get money. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I can't help but wonder if some future contracts will say things like, you know, for example, you sell your book to the movies um, and they say, okay, but if you get caught doing this... Like some kind of then, morality clause. Right. Then yeah. we stop paying you money. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that they can legitimately yeah. say to the public, mm-hmm. come see the movie. He's not getting any money. Right. Yeah. Um, but you I, also I mentioned wonder about that. Um, policies at 
conventions and things like that. Yeah. Harassment. You know, a lot of conventions don't have harassment yeah. policies in place. And yeah, uh, more you know, more we'll and more do. Uh, and and of course, the question is. I mean, actually, I think most of them have a policy. It's just. The policy is not always communicated, right. so a lot of times people don't know what to do. If I was going to say there's happened. not always a like reporting process, right. Right. or uh, I saw one particular person mention, and again I think it was an SCBWI yeah. conference. Like there was a policy mentioned, but you would have to report it to the person who was doing the harassing. Like, it, like in this yeah, particular yeah, case, yeah. it was like, this is the guy who's harming right. people. Right. You and know. he's the one in the position. To, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, SCPWI is such an interesting case, too, because I think, clearly wrongly, I think they felt like they were sort of inoculated. Right. Because it's such a heavily female organization. Right. Like, the women in SCPWI outnumber the men, like, 100 to 1. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I think they thought, oh, you know. We don't have a problem because there's so few men. It's like, eh, you know, it only takes one or two. <laughs> well, it's not only that. I mean, I, we got to wrap it up here. Yeah. It's, but, and I don't mean to harp on SCBWI, but uh, there is a problematic feature of that organization, which is that uh, they fawn all over the men. Well, and, and that and that's something, and that's a broader yeah. children's publishing yeah. problem. Yeah, because there are fewer men, they are revered. Um, they get a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Yes. Thank you for listening. Find us at writinginreallife.com. Find us on Twitter at W-I-R-L podcast. And of course, go find us and rate us on iTunes. Uh, We hope you guys have a great couple of weeks and we will talk to you later. Hey, we did two in a row. (laughs) Bye. Bye.